0: Welcome to the Mr. R Show, brought to you by the Monthly Recurring Revenue Institute. If you're an accounting firm owner or manager seeking harmony between work and life while optimizing profitability, you're in the right place. Our goal, to empower you with the knowledge and tools necessary to enhance both your personal and financial well-being. In every episode, we bring you insights from esteemed individuals in the field who share their valuable expertise and practical steps. Join us on this journey as we collaborate to revolutionize your business and enrich your life. Hey, everybody, and welcome back to the Mr. R Show here presented by the Monthly Recurring Revenue Institute. I'm John Trapalski from the MRI team with my co-host, who obviously, you know, you'll hear from him here soon as we jump into it. But our guest for today is Jamie Hammer. So Jamie is actually the current president of of the NATP. So if you're not familiar with what NATP is, for one, you should be. If you're not a member or if you never heard of them, you should be. That's the National Association of Tax Professionals. Jamie actually brings to the table over about 20 years or so, really operating in the world that y'all live in. So dealing with individuals, businesses, estate tax, prep services, representations of audits, tax controversy cases, you name it, she's done it she is from over in new jersey so she's a jersey gal i believe it's cherry hill where she is from but you're going to hear a great story from her really how she got into the industry how she got connected with natp give us really a rundown not just of natp as the organization but just organizations as a whole within the tax industry really what they do as far as for supporting professionals that operate in the industry and really those that are looking to get into it too jamie's going to give us some great insight some great suggestions recommendations it's always great to hear from somebody who has been in the industry for such a long time not too long though she's still young she's been in the industry for a while so she brings the experience but then also from her position within natp which again is a national organization so we look forward to it but let's stop wasting time and let's jump into the show Hey, everybody. Welcome back to the Mr. R Show, brought to you by the Monthly Recurring Revenue Institute. I am the co-host of this podcast. You can't get rid of me that easy. John Trapolsky sitting to my left this time, sometimes on my right, sometimes across from me, Chris Pacquero. How are we, sir? John? Yeah, I'm yes. on your side of the bed right now. Oh, I'll take it. I'm usually on your right. I won't kick you off yet. It'll be fine. It'll be fine. fine. Thank you. So we have a special episode, as always. Um, I always say everything's great. Everything's the best. Um, That's because Chris is on it with me. If it was me, you would want nothing to do with this. I promise you that. I guarantee you that. However, we are live. Well, post-live. So we were live, when you hear this, at Taxposium in San Antonio. So I'm from Michigan. Chris from Tennessee. It's a little hot here. It's warm. It's you're wearing a sweatshirt, walking the streets of uh, uh, San Antonio. We're John. matching, right? Like we're both That's wearing true. teal, and it was on plan. We both we both come out of the hotel rooms wearing the exact same color. It was kind of well, close enough. It was kind of creepy, but enough about us. Nobody exactly. Listen, to us they hear us every episode. They get tired of us. So well, I'm excited about this episode. You know, I say introduce the time. Introduce and it. You know, and, uh, I'm going to shut up now. I'm going to let you guys run with it, because here at Taxposium, I literally am the dumbest person in the room. You know, they always say, hang out with smarter better-looking people than yourself, I think I've accomplished that. You did a good well, job. Without you. You did a good you're, job. You're out this, It's smarter. I'll give you smarter. But let it run. You're me. not going to be jumping on of any case, I'll be so your so co-host weird. today.
1: Your well, we are excited. One. We're live at NATP's Taxposium 2023 San Antonio, Texas. We are honored uh, to be joined by Jamie Hammer. Hello. How are you? I'm great. And Jamie, if you, if you should know this, but if you don't, she's the president of the National Board of Directors for the NATP, um, and we are really honored to have her here, not only to just talk about some of her background, but also the industry in general, um, talk about the the neat things going on in the tax world, but also some of the challenges we have as practitioners. Um, the cool thing about Jamie is she has her own private practice as well, and also serves as president. Um, but we're honored to have her and we, you know, we only had to peel off half our travel budget to get her in here, John. Hey, hey, it's all right. It's coming out of your half. I, I took the other half. All right. All right. Jamie, welcome. Thanks for thanks for being here. Absolutely. Can you tell us a little bit about just your, your background and uh, about yourself?
2: Well, I would consider that I'm about halfway through my illustrious career as a tax professional. It started in a little bit of a uh, not typical fashion, graduated, undergraduate, college, Mm -hmm. never ever considering taxation as a career path. Instead, I was gonna go to Manhattan, big city, work in business, Mm -hmm. I was being courted by consulting firms, and then I said, no, gotta follow my dreams, and I'm going to Atlantic City, and I'm gonna be a singer. Not what you expected, right? Mm -hmm. And I did, and I went to Atlantic City, and I got actually a steady job as a singer, within two months of graduating college. Wow. But I did have a love for math, and I went to family friend and I said, Mm -hmm. guess what, I got hired by this band, I'm gonna work all the time, regularly, just about every weekend, but they did let me know, they're gonna pay me on a 1099, I don't know what that means. They also told me that there's a slow, like dead period of the year for entertainment, and that is the first quarter of the year. January, February, March is just a slower time for gigs. So I went to that family friend who was a tax professional, and I said, what does this mean? And she said, well, you started as a math major in college. You want to understand what this means for your own tax return. So You know you have to file a tax return, right, Jamie? So she said, go learn taxes, and I'm going to hire you, and you're going to have that seasonal job to fill in your dead zone of tax, and you're going to understand your own tax return. And that is what led me back to learn how to do taxes. This was last century, the very, very end of last century, but factually last century. And I started my tax professional career literally the same time I started my entertainment career
1: as a singer. And you know what? The unfortunate thing, John, and I know this is the first thing you thought of. Since Jamie was uh, getting a 1099, she didn't qualify for the 199A deduction.
0: Didn't exist yet. Exactly. So that's I was, interesting. I thought honestly, they see very... I was more stuck but... in the fact that she's a singer. Are you going to ask so, her to sing? You know, I was going to lie and say today's my birthday. Um, say sing I'm doing no Sing a tune. Do you want to sing something for us? I'm talking. no By the way.
1: Yeah. I'd love to hear Chris sing. No, no, no. No, margaritas?
0: Oh No. Yeah. The mics are fragile. They can break when they hear things like that. We do not want that. So, but that's that's a really cool story because it's not your. Your traditional, you know, I, I went to higher ed, I graduated, I got an internship, I got a real job, and then I started my own business, right? So it's an interesting path. I found a lot of the best tax professionals are people that unintentionally
1: became a tax professional. There was a second career or they were a teacher for a while and they have life experience. And, and think about all that experience of performing on stage, live audiences, and, but you also have that competency of math. I thought you were going to tell us you were going to pay you with saltwater taffy before you said 10.99, but that's
2: all right. I'm from New Jersey. Saltwater taffy is easy; it's very accessible there, so that wouldn't have cut it for me.
1: And and you're so now you have your own practice. I believe. Yeah. You could tell us about that, and do you have a niche or a certain avatar you like to work with?
2: Well, you know, some of the most fun parts of having that kind of dual career for such a long time was. Really being intermixed into the entertainment community and also taxation. Mm -hmm. And I was a performer in Atlantic City quite a bit. Mm -hmm. And I got to know a lot of the guys and girls down there. So I I did have a niche with artists because they felt really misunderstood Mm -hmm. by by an accountant type personality, right? So I kind of could relate to them, Mm -hmm. but it was always interesting when I would run into a client or a colleague in entertainment, in the vice versa field. If I'm singing, and then a client was like, "Wait a minute, I know you. Wait a minute, you're my accountant. What is happening here?" Uh, but that was my niche to really relate to artists and help them understand understand their paperwork side of it, their responsibilities, and what it means to perhaps be paid on a 1099, which is not your standard way of being paid as an employee, right?
1: Well, exactly. I mean. It's challenging for people that are so artistic and creative to think that way. Now we have some apps and some other things that they can hopefully track their expenses. Of course, I'm sure all your clients have perfect mileage logs and seat capture. That's right. We're the ones stuck with the sometimes not so perfect. But. And do you still work with a lot of musicians and performing artists?
2: I do. So uh, I officially retired from the entertainment world at the end of 2017, but they're still my close friends and many clients. So, yeah i do have a good number but it really expanded so it didn't have to just be music because all of a sudden oh, i've got photographers or mm-hmm. in the fine arts a painter because they all felt they had that creative mind not understanding the detail needed and how to be meticulous about your records right
1: Well, we say in the, the MRR institute let your best client pick your next client yeah that sounds like exactly what you did you had a certain Creative type person that trusts you, but you had a competency with numbers and just kind of help them out. And I'm sure they talk shop—you know, talk shop all the time.
2: Absolutely, I get to catch up on the on the gossip. But you know, of course, your your best clients are also your most challenging clients too. It's not an easy niche to have. They, you know, some of them profess their brains don't work that way. So it's a challenge, and you become a teacher and social worker and all the things in between. And that's the beauty of the nature of being a tax professional,
1: especially. I mean, South Jersey, your border—you probably have dealings with multi-state taxation. I mean, there's a lot going on there between New Jersey, New York, obviously Pennsylvania, and so you might have performers that, I mean, ten ninety-nine might, but you know, take gigs elsewhere, and and you've got those type of. Challenges. One
2: of my first questions, you know, and I and I always relate it back to, you know, those news articles about the athletes Mm -hmm. who play one baseball game in every state, right? You know what that means, right? They're like, No, I don't know what that means. Mm -hmm. That's not me. No, I don't cross the bridge. What are you talking about?
1: (laughs) Exactly. I mean it's now do you have anything that you do for them as far as like what how do you what's your best communication tool with your clients? I mean, do you have like a any type of social media or any type of newsletter or how do you how do you communicate something to the masses
2: so i try to create templates a lot for them mm-hmm. to make it really practical for them to try to see where they fit in right with leeway and saying if you don't fit in there then create your own right mm-hmm. um i don't do a lot of social media because i'm pretty much at capacity in my right. business right. i'm a solo practitioner mm-hmm. with no support currently mm-hmm. so really don't look to advertise and expand. Mm-hmm. So, it, and that's actually a challenge too. It's a good problem to have, right. but it's still a problem. Right. So I do keep in touch with them and email and taking advantage of as much technology as I can mm-hmm. and advancing my own knowledge to help them utilize it. And I think that's the way to go for my practice, but we're all so different.
1: Yeah. Last question about this that Do you offer other services than tax prep? And have you seen any of your performers since they travel a lot? House hack, or maybe buy a property and they live in it, and then they rent it out short term when they're out of town. Have you had any of those type of challenges?
2: A little bit, for the most part, because I don't have the celebrities. Mm-hmm. I deal with the real artists who in the ground, right? the people on the ground. Mm-hmm. Uh, so they're not the wealthiest people out there. Mm-hmm. so they may not have the funds or the the credit background to do that, but a little bit of that where they establish themselves just to sublet out mm-hmm. um, especially like the background guys playing the pits or you know right. traveling with the big artists. So a little bit of that. Uh, but for the most part they don't they're not doing that my five
1: right no I, you know in Nashville my wife is a special education teacher and many of the younger folks that moved to the area are actually aspiring musicians but they might have a teaching license or they're doing something a pair or a day. you know it's just interesting getting there to try to get that full-time musician thing going but it's also challenging for accountability and you know they may or may not get paid tips of cash, and, you know, you just never know. Well, uh, we are at taxposium, as we know. Um, you have a successful practice, right? You're at capacity. You're engaging. But what, what spurred you to get involved with, with NATP?
2: So it's a, it's a fun story. So my path to associations in general, young practitioner, working for someone else, as many of us start out working for someone else, I went to the IRS tax forums, Mm -hmm. and I was in the vendor exhibit hall in Atlantic City, and a colleague was introducing me to another association and saying, oh, but you'll catch her down the street at the casino tonight, and they didn't believe it. They said, no cats practitioner Mm is also singing at the casino down the street, and it it became a challenge. Mm -hmm. So the challenge and the, he said, I want you to sing a song right now in front of all the vendors in the middle of this big exhibit hall, And I did. But before I did, I said, well, what's in it for me? And he said, a membership. So that was my entry. Believe it or not, it's a true story. That was my entry into professional association, tax professional association. Hmm. And I acquired my membership, my one-year membership. And I wasn't super happy with that association. And it led me to NATP in the very next year. Wow. That's how
0: I got. I've heard a lot of fun stories how you get involved in crypto. Never that one either. That's pretty good. This is never on the app, right? No, I sing a song. It's you know membership zero
1: zero. Well, wow, right? Okay, because not everyone can sing like her. They don't want to hear us. Uh, this aspiring. He has been.
2: Karaoke is a fun time.
1: It is. I I quit doing karaoke when I got to Nashville because there's actually like real people out there doing it, not in Detroit. Um, so. Do you, for other tax professionals just getting started, or even if they've been in the business for a while, why shouldn't, what are like some of the best benefits of the association that you feel, other than like events like this, but yeah, what are some of the things you think they should consider?
2: Well, the obvious thing to consider and, and the benefit that's just screaming all over the place is the education, because no one can be a successful, excellent practitioner without current education, expansive education, refreshing, all the things are changing all the time, but there's so much more and you don't know it until you experience it. So my experience was the community of tax professionals. So as soon as I got into association, not a shy person, I did make conversation from day one of education and I met other practitioners. Mm -hmm. And it really led me to find out their story, as I've told you mine, how did you get into it? What's your practice like? what do you see in your office and all of a sudden i had a network and all of a sudden i was exchanging phone numbers with other practitioners and felt i now had the ability to call someone who does what i do who relates to me to ask when i had a challenging thing that came up and even better i now was a part of this association that had a research department that had publications with cutting edge information. Mm-hmm. And all of a sudden I had this toolbox available to me that I didn't even realize was there as a younger, kind of ignorant professional not knowing what was available.
1: I think a lot of the the a lot of the, the people entering the the profession or maybe even twenty, twenty five years ago, we had a lot of general practitioners and now people are really specializing in different things. And what I like is is that you can learn things from like there's certain weakness like employee stock option plans I, i've been doing this for a long time i still get confused i, I some one of the things we're specifically looking here at taxposium is someone to that we can bounce things off of when i see these esop plans because so i'm just like oh no and um so everyone has their strengths and weaknesses so now as far as the association obviously those interpersonal relationships networking does the association do any type of advocacy for the profession or keep us updated on any of the laws? I know through education, like.
2: I'm so glad you asked. Yeah, no, because I there's,
1: <laughs> yeah, I'd love to hear about that.
2: Well, you know, we consider ourselves the one place that is inclusive of all professionals. And we want to be the voice of all the tax professionals. We are continuously surveying our members to find out what they need, what they think, what they want. And maintain that position as we foster relationships with those who might be able to help us in our, you know, uh, role in that. So we, you know, we're very clear on wanting competency in our profession and regulation of tax professionals, mm-hmm. and that comes straight from our membership, mm-hmm. and that comes from those who are enrolled, unenrolled, all levels we want that because it consistently supports both both our industry our tax professionals and the taxpayers we serve because we want them to get good help and we want our professionals our members to maintain that uh, reputation of being the ones that the taxpayer can go to so we very clearly advocate for the position that our members and the tax professional community
1: supports a lot of people that listen to this podcast are members of NATP, but they're also members of either the NAEA or the AICPA, excuse me. One thing I really like is that this is very inclusive. And can you tell us a little bit about some of NATP's research support? Because I've used it and I need it sometimes um, for its members.
2: Well, we have had a, a very illustrious research department for years. It's been one of the things that have brought members into our association. From the very beginning, my own uh, relationship with NATP was one of the things that brought me in. You know, you join NATP, you get that research question, and it goes from there. So it's been something we've always bragged about, but it is uh, developing as our whole culture in this profession is developing, and I'm excited, as I think all of our membership is excited, to see what tools are out there to advance what we can offer in Mm -hmm. research and We understand that there are a lot of ways to research for tax professionals, and as technology, social media, there's a lot of options out there. So, we are not ignorant to that, and we want to incorporate everything available and do whatever is needed to support our members again.
1: Yeah, I mean, a huge value, membership value add is the ability, because you got to think about this there are a lot of practitioners that are local or smaller practices and we don't have research departments so we need to rely on the association to be a kind of our back office or our research department if we need it because not everyone knows everything no one knows everything
0: really so um was it where the quote used to say the man who says or thinks he knows everything knows nothing so that's true build a good team behind it so we talked about your
1: you know Coming into this profession, singing, talk about the NETP a little bit, but we want to know about what, how you feel about the tax practice, tax and accounting practice in general. just The industry? The industry. And what are some of the main challenges that the tax preparation industry faces right now, in your opinion?
2: Okay. Well, we're not here for 24 hours, I know. <laughs> there are so many things that we could get into Uh, The very obvious is the ever-changing laws, right? Mm -hmm. Keeping up to date. And sometimes these laws change on a day-to-day. Sometimes they change in the middle of tax season. Sometimes the law change is retroactive. So we all have to pivot, adapt, be knowledgeable, be confident in that knowledge for our practitioners. And that is certainly a challenge. Another challenge, uh, work-life balance with the mm-hmm. deadlines, <clears throat> tight deadlines, the deadlines that face maybe the entire American public on the same exact deadline. Fair, not fair. I mean, we can't speak to that, but, mm-hmm. you know, taking care of ourselves and that's become even more apparent post COVID I'd say, mm-hmm. COVID society, when we're really learning to hopefully take care of ourselves that much better but with those challenges, there's so always the other side of it, the benefits of that. I would say uh, also the post-COVID culture would be the mm-hmm. challenges of the workforce and employment and what's expected and finding good help and what are they looking for and what are we looking for and that support that you might need and having the trust in someone else. And, you know, so that's another challenge. Advancing technology, it can be wonderful. It can be intimidating. It can be new things to learn. And it also brings in the threats of security and the bad actors that are trying to get into your office through all those advancements. So, like I said, I could talk for 24 hours.
1: No, No. it like this. You hit on a bunch of great points. I mean, can you imagine, John, you're really quiet this podcast, which is. Kind of nice actually. I'm intimidated. Like I said, you got uh, smart. So, can you imagine, John, you're, you're driving your big truck, your big pickup truck, the gas hog, and the speed limit says 45, and you cruise through at, at 46, and uh you get pulled over. No, you don't get pulled over. Actually, you just speed right through. It, okay. Two days later, a police officer shows up at your door and gives you a ticket for 10 over and says, you know, if, um, that speed limit changed to 35 miles an hour, and actually it changed a month ago. Well, it was 45 when I drove by it. And that's exactly what Jamie's referring to. Mm-hmm. Post, I mean, these, these tax provisions that change that are retroactive. One major one that occurred recently through the pandemic was the taxing on unemployment benefits. And the problem, the challenge is, is a lot of taxpayers that receive unemployment benefits are exactly the ones that maybe don't have the resources to pay for amended tax returns. And now you've put the tax professionals in a tough spot because the return was prepared properly based on the laws at the time, and now they've changed. Now that one, I thought the IRS was supposed to go back and they said don't amend the returns and they'll send them the money, but I'm just trying to come up with an example, in other words.
2: It's a great example. So It's one of the best examples of, of current time over the last five years. And then you know another challenge is, we're expect as professionals we're expected to understand that federal law but also our states. And as you mentioned earlier I'm in an area where I deal with a couple states, right? So maybe one state taxes unemployment and that's no big deal this is a non-issue. The ne- or excuse me, one state does not tax unemployment so it's a non-issue and the one right next door does. And what about we're in the middle of a pandemic do they remember that they received unemployment did that state suddenly go paperless and they're not sending out their 1099 G's anymore? Did they go and pull that? Do we know? Just do we, are we going to file them married filing jointly? Are we going to separate them so that they each can meet that income threshold? And that, um, that, that was a $10,200 exclusion, right? Mm-hmm. So what if they had 10180 it or 10210 Is that fair? No, it's not fair. Mm-hmm. It's never fair. It's just law. And it's retroactive. So yes, IRS said, don't amend those returns. We'll send you the money, <laughs> right? So all of our clients were like, sure, Jamie, we'll just sit here and wait. That sounds like a great idea.
1: Exactly, exactly. The people that need it, that's the challenge too. You brought up a great point on state conformity. I want to tie it back into NATP, especially, so my personal niche is real estate. And a lot of our clients use the bonus depreciation and cost segregations, but states treat that differently and that's challenging for people um so we have so with natp obviously can you talk with just a little bit about maybe some of the local opportunities chapters available because we're here at taxposium it's great because you get people from all over the country um but yeah what are we so what if someone's in boise idaho right now do we have any listeners in boise i don't know you can run some
0: yeah no yeah we'll look at the analytics
1: but <laughs> let's say they're in Boise, Idaho, saying, man, I should have went to the taxposium. What, what type of local opportunities are available?
2: Well, I happen to know there are some great members out in Idaho. Mm-hmm. i talked to the chapter there. So my path to where I am now with NATP was through chapter involvement. Mm-hmm. And NATP has a lot of chapters in most states mm-hmm. in the U.S., okay? There are some areas, some states that do not have a local chapter but there are resources that NATP is now making available to those two people also. So everyone gets some kind of local engagement, and the chapters do their best to provide kind of the missing pieces. What's national not getting out there? They're not getting out that state law. I come from New Jersey, New Jersey has a lot of education that the state chapter provides. They have a state day, and a lot of the different local chapters Mm -hmm. will specifically have a relationship with the governing body of that state or the nearest state. Some of them uh, provide opportunity to have that nexus type of conference Mm -hmm. where they bring in the next state over plus that state and have an example, a real-life example. How would it be treated in this state? How would it be treated over the bridge? What about... Someone who lives here, but works over there. So we do have a lot of great support from our chapters and also the other uh, specific paths to local engagement. We can get to the other members so that our members have what they need, Mm -hmm. federally, local, state, Mm -hmm. all those things.
1: Yeah, I think that one thing I've learned with a lot of the NATP educational pieces is that there are a lot of real life examples. I mean, there's a lot of continuing ed that is very much theoretical but you don't see like actual tax forms and if i talk about depreciation and <clears throat> for instance if i say well you know you can run a cost segregation study on a property you bought in 2021 for 2022 and they're like that sounds good but how do i do a 481a adjustment just in our world we do it. so it's nice to say this is the form you do it on now your numbers are going to be different but here's a sample form exactly. and um, I, i'm impressed with a lot of that um and now for yourself you it's kind of nice that you don't have any employees in a lot of ways. I know it could be challenging, but you talked about the post—I love that term—post-pandemic culture as far as employees or, or workforce culture. Um, is that my own creation? <laughs> my i uh, No, I think I want to steal that. Um, what are some of like what are some of the differences you're seeing? And then I've got to imagine the pandemic really hit your client base, right? In PPP and all these other things works and just so challenging for you to absorb it. But for them, I mean, gosh, because they're in the entertainment business. That got shut down quick.
2: The gig economy was definitely, I'd say, in the top group of those most affected. Absolutely. And you know, the government did shift and Mm -hmm. there were creations of some programs to really reach out and help. Mm -hmm. Now, were they perfect? Were they without their own challenges? No. Did we have, I think they were calling it the PPU, that extra amount of unemployment. Uh-huh. But we just spoke briefly about that adjustment with the unemployment and every state, again, treats unemployment differently. Were they gonna withhold properly? Well, in my state, the state withheld on the normal amount but not on the federal plus money. <laughs> so every person that got unemployment got a lot more than they'd ever seen before had no idea how to treat it, didn't understand that they weren't looking in the mail for a form, and how was that going to affect all their numbers? So, you know, this speaks right back to our challenges, right? Mm -hmm. You never know what's around the corner in tax law. I always say to everybody who thinks, oh, you do taxes, that must be so boring. I say, I'll tell you what, it can be tedious, Mm -hmm. but it is never boring.
1: Right. No, it's not. It's dynamic and it's It's about personal relationships and helping people. If you have a heart of a teacher or you want to help people out, it's going to be very rewarding um, because you're taking all these things that, I just feel like with our industry, many of us feel, now I'm kind of over it because I've been doing this forever, but I don't feel obligated to know everything. I'm going to stick in my lane and I'm going to come to things and network with people to learn other things too. So, um, but yeah, that's, I mean, you mentioned some of the bad actors too. That's why I like with NATP, it's so inclusive. Um, we just were talking about on one of our other podcast episodes. I feel bad for some of the the, the taxpayers because they're getting targeted by um, tax scams, tax message emails, and and that sort of stuff. that's that they're using these economic impact payment scams and these tax refund scams. And you no, know, not everyone has someone in their life like you that can they can go to and help. So that's I don't know. That's really challenging.
2: I mean, haven't you heard that? The uh, stimulus payment number six is coming out next.
1: Right, week. I got an I got a text message. I just have to click there and put my email in. I know, and send the Best Buy gift cards. Yeah, I, it is. I mean, it's we. It was crazy going through these 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 the list of what the, what's going on with the IRS. And I actually, I think the IRS advocate advocates pretty well for the taxpayer as far as making them aware of it. Now, does the average taxpayer ever go to irs.gov? Probably. It's probably not on their favorites. It's not on their. Uh, they're saved. I mean, that they should. They probably should check it out. Um, what? Ch- so we talked about the challenges of the industry. What trends do you see happening in the next, like, few years? I mean, from type of work pre- performed or just needs of clients? What do you What do you see happening? In- We're changing, I mean, are you anticipating different trends in our industry?
2: Well, definitely what I believe would be the most obvious is paper lists, you know, we come from a history of a lot of paper in our offices. We could take the statistics, how many cases do you buy a season, right? Right. And the trend is with the, the generational changes of our taxpayers, as we see Gen X, Gen Y, Gen Z, whatever's next, um, they don't want to print. Uh, our employers are saving money by not printing out the W-2s. Mm-hmm. And so that brings the onus to the tax professional How do we deal with paperless? Are we ready to go paperless? What are the IRS's requirements to be paperless? So I do think that that's probably in the top three of the trendings, Mm -hmm. right? But then we have to look again at that security and secure portals. And that's what's trending. Where where are we going to keep our stuff safe away from those bad actors who are trying to get into our computers Mm -hmm. and also relate to the ever-changing taxpayer because- our kids who were 12 in just a couple of years are going to be working and may have you talked to anyone lightly about signing a check that's under 30. And mm-hmm. then you say check and they mean like a check, the shape, a check. Right. Some of them don't even know what a check is. Mm-hmm. Uh, they don't know how to fill out a check. So, you know, times are changing and we have to change with them. So I would say... The transition in technology and saying goodbye to our friends, the papers mm-hmm. and saving the trees, that that's probably the biggest trend. Because mm-hmm. we are a profession that has been drowning in paper for a long time.
1: Mm-hmm. We've been lucky that we've been paperless for a long time, but it's we were a virtual firm and and, and have a niche, so but it is challenging. And it kinda does crack me up because I'm one of these that I actually like reading magazines. Like, go trade magazines and i see these ads from the like hey put your thing in a nice binder and it, it adds value but no one ever looks at those you know if someone needs their tax return for financing purposes they could just go on their portal and and get it but yeah paperless for sure how about do you how do you feel about tax planning and strategy as it pertains versus tax compliance work do you see any change shifting? I'm not trying to do a leading question or anything, but do you see a change in our industry as far as the needs of clients or?
2: I have faith that our clients, and I mean this in general in the country, are getting smarter, Mm -hmm. are thinking more big picture. And what that means is it's not necessarily only about the bottom line, the result of their tax return, Mm -hmm. but how did we get there? How can we make it different next year? So that's where we go from a tax preparation Mm -hmm. standpoint to a tax planning you know how can i think ahead Mm -hmm. i'm good i'm going to talk about life events i'm going to talk about getting married having children my children going to college and they didn't get a full scholarship and gosh i would really love to retire at 37 because some people do not me but (laughs) i'm almost 37 now so i'm too close Mm uh So, you know, there are big picture conversations and that's, as you mentioned earlier, what makes us so much more than the number crunchers some people think we are. We think about their life and that's why I appreciate this profession. Mm -hmm. It's about a life story within the frame of the tax code and how we can do the best by our clients, right? Mm -hmm. And that is a big, big picture and a big relationship. And planning is looking ahead, looking behind, what do we need to shift and what's coming up and how do we meet that?
1: hmm I'm seeing that you know, there's a lot of people that are the tax professional is becoming a more important part of someone's what we call their personal board of directors. And that's very important, you know, but it's tough with the tax for a tax professional to really embrace that sometimes and not think that we say, are your tax returns should be a verb, not a noun. That's just one of our little slogans. And it's really true because you, the planning, you know, you can, you can, now if you have a W2 and and et cetera, et cetera, that there's not, there's a lot of, actually I believe anyone could do planning. We've done some case studies where I truly believe a teacher and and like an entry level electrician can do planning. I agree. Um, And I think that a lot more, the, a lot of more people that are just starting their career should look at tax free income and growth instead of just tax deferral. And I think a lot of people are realizing like tax rates are going to go up in the future. This is right now is the glory day. It's not in five years and 10 years. Um, so sometimes what we call people get misdiagnosed, meaning it kills me if someone's in a 12% marginal tax bracket, you got their socking money into their 401k, or maybe they might want to put it into a Roth or something that's a little more taxed advantaged um, so, but but I think that yeah, I agree. Tax tax people are getting or ta- taxpayers are getting smarter. There's more resources for them, and I am a little concerned that there's a certain segment of people that think tax preparation is a commodity and not a personal service. But it really is. It's not a commodity. It's not like a Snicker bar versus a Three Musketeer. It's like it's a relationship. You know, relationships are what are most important for a lot of these people. So, and John, you've I mean you've been a business owner for many years. Um, I don't know how do you how do you like when you started
0: your business versus what you think about now oh gosh yeah it's drastically different so I, I will say this as far as for relationships go so like we were talking on the uh on the flight out here right mm-hmm. so talking about AI a little bit so that's a that's completely good on that path but is it is it going to be a challenge in this industry probably yeah in some sense right but nothing's ever going to replace the relationship hundred percent right so even though there might be You know, as far as for technology goes, it might be, you know, I wouldn't say preventively keeping you from going off a track somewhere or another. Nothing is ever going to replace me calling you and saying, hey, I have an idea or a question and you saying, no, it won't work or yes, it would work based off of something else you know that I may be doing in the future, right? So that's when you talk about starting a business, a lot of people probably get into, I wouldn't say trouble, but... It could go one way or the other right like mm-hmm. some people could say oh you know i'm gonna quit my day job and jump right into being self-employed and it might make financially no sense for them like we know a bunch of people right who've gone into business and you almost want to tell them listen like you're doing it so well, i wouldn't say wrong but the way you're doing it now you might as well go work at starbucks you will make more money <laughs> like, you might like get free coffee right well, land that too where the bagels are right? and i'm
1: proud of you you didn't say i have a Quick tax question. Yep. those oh, are always the best. I talk on that for. And every time, like every quick question's a long answer. You have a long question, I've got a quick answer for you. It's just that's I feel like what happens. But don't worry, I have a simple tax return. Very simple. Yes. Oh <laughs> my word! Yes, very simple. Then if it's those simple, quote simple ones, can really trip you up, right? Because they could. You could have issues with claiming dependents or. There could just be a litany of issues there. So, and
2: that's why tax preparation is never boring. That's true. I stand by that statement forever.
0: Maybe that'll be the title of this. Well, you—I I mean, I give you guys a lot of credit being in the industry, right? like you—you you really are a tax pro, psychologist, everything really rolled into one, right? And that's what almost makes you really good at your job. Like you know what's going on in people's lives, mm-hmm. and as far as you know, we were always talking about tax planning. You know, looking ahead looking down the road like you could give good guidance which i mean it's very involved in their lives it's not just you know what color car do i buy oh don't buy a red one because it's going to fade or don't get a right. white one because it's going to get dirty everything you guys recommend is like long-term implications well yeah we know a lot more information than we
1: want to a lot of times <laughs> trusted that,
2: advisor right a trusted advisor, a trusted advisor nice. just like your doctor it, we we play a very important role in someone's lives and, and, and it's not easy, you know, and that's the luck and it's the honor and privilege of being a tax professional is being a part of someone's story and really helping them succeed, not just a business owner, but even someone who has a very straightforward path as an employee. Like you said, there's always some type of planning that can be done, even if it's hey, how come you're not putting money away for the future? Mm-hmm. And I deal with people in entertainment. One of my biggest challenges is getting them to look ahead because creative souls are usually in the now, mm-hmm. but I need to say, hey, don't, don't you wanna have something socked away for later? Okay. So these are really important conversations that we always have to have. And again, back to the professional community to have that network and community that you may be able to call your neighbor, your friend, other tax professionals say you know what I had someone walk in these are the facts help me brainstorm where can I guide them and Mm -hmm. and there is a really great support system in a community
0: no I agree that's because otherwise you guys are almost operating on all these little lonely islands for lack of better terms so you guys really try to bring that bring that together and I I feel like Chris, it's funny, you know, you talk about planning and, and now I, my creative brain's turning, right? But mm-hmm. the, the, the now, when you talk about planning, I feel like this might've been almost a decade ago. I don't know where we were doing or, or what we were at. I can't remember. You, we're, I can't believe you remember a decade ago. I remember every moment with you, sir. Oh, are you kidding me? <laughs> but I, I forgot where we were, what we were doing, but I, I kept bringing up, oh, well, you know, it's it's easy now, right? You're out of tax season. And you're like, mm-hmm. no, there is no t- Like. No, there is no real tax season anymore. Like it's gone, it's kind of gone away because that's when you guys are really making a shift, if I remember right. So changing your practice around a lot, right? Correct.
1: Yeah, we made a shift to a membership based model. And, uh, our, th- you know, we don't feel like we don't like the term. We, we say there's compliance season and there's planning season, but planning season's all year, you know. So I, in our pr- private practice, we have about two thirds, a two third extension rate, believe it or not. And, but it's by design because a lot of times, the implementation pieces we're waiting to see how some other things fall but everyone's practice is a little different you know for some people there might be i mean for you your clients are kind of off when you're off it seems
2: semi but it does not change their <laughs> preparation <laughs> i'll tell you right now so i probably have a i'd say about 10 to 15 percent extension rate mm-hmm. But and I would tend to see the seasons of the year as yes, the deadline filing season. Mm -hmm. And then we go into education season and it's like come on back to NATP and get all of the education that I need to feel confident about what's next. I also do controversy work, which Oh, really? I didn't know that. You know, you gotta you gotta Gotta mix it up. Yes. Um so and and so I see the seasons of the year like you said, it's never really a dead time. Maybe the holiday season is the most dead time. That November to December, I get to actually think about family and mm-hmm. and that stuff, and then get right back in with our forums in January. Um, but that's what the the you know general public always thinks. Well, what do you do after April fifteenth? Mm-hmm. Actually, there's a lot to do.
0: I just, of, <laughs> <a high laughs> I just thought you really like getting past the fifteenth, and I thought you all were happy on my birthday. Uh, that is his birthday, on, birthday the 15th? Is on the fifteenth. Yes. So,
1: um, if you could. Well, April 15th, I think is, it's, it's a deadline, but it's a deadline that could get extended, but it is a deadline. For us, our, our, we're happy to file by April 15th, but we're looking for the best result possible. And for a lot of our clients, they're not going to get the best result possible by then. Maybe they're waiting on information or what have you. What do you think the, if you, if you got to make the rules, what, what would you make the filing, original filing deadline?
2: Oh, my creative, I do yeah. answer that. In my own world, I tell my clients this all the time. In my world, this will never happen by the way, we would take the, the last uh, digit of everyone's social security number, mm-hmm. and we'd have scattered deadlines based on the, the zero, one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine. And we'd start at April, yep. and April would be maybe zero, and then May 15th would be one, and we'd get through the whole year. Wouldn't that be amazing?
1: I've always wanted Forget to
2: Forget all that. the budgets.
1: I was thinking about last name, but then I thought people got married, so you would, so if, it would, you would never have a married joint tax return. Maybe you would. Just, Primary. Yeah.
2: And if you didn't like, if you didn't like the deadline that comes <laughs> with the one spouse, you would just switch the order on the tax return.
1: That's a great idea. Or you would just put, you know, you'd create a dating app. I already got a dating app in mind for people with rep status. You know, so, hey, I've got a high W. I'm looking for a spouse that's a rep status so I could take a bunch of bonus. I things.
2: need to know how that's going to work out for you.
1: <laughs> well, I'm not. hopefully I'm not in that app for a long time or ever, I should say. <laughs> But um, but no, that would be interesting. Like, yeah, I'm uh, I file in April. That's a bonus. Okay, I get more time. No, I do. I would like a staggered. I mean, we've done our best to stagger it ourselves, but it would be nice to to be staggered. And I, I know the pandemic. There were some bad things that came from it, but having to like having to May fifteenth wasn't the worst thing to me. I liked May. Um, and I think that the problem is the ta- the form us the, the tax rate getting the forms is getting. Condensed, right? Because they're more complicated, especially K one or a-
2: anyone with investments. That's, right, it is. It's a real problem. And we're starting maybe, I'd say, an average for an advanced uh, consolidated ten ninety nine. We're seeing maybe mid March, but some even further. I, I know that I've got a nice collection. They don't only work with artists. I also work with some kind of advanced investors, mm-hmm. and they don't see their K ones. Some of them until September mm-hmm. regularly. And, you know, it's not fair. Granted, tax code is not fair. Mm -hmm. Fair doesn't come into play. Mm -hmm. But yes, I think a solution could be a a staggered deadline could be from circumstance. I like my Social Security number way of looking at Mm -hmm. it, but, you know, I don't see it happening. Budgets on the state level, local level, federal It It's never going to happen.
1: Yeah, we can go on another show about <laughs> quarterly estimated tax payments and those dates. That's a whole. That's a whole other another okay. show. Um, I know that the challenge with the April deadline for our practice is figuring out extension payments <clears throat> and figuring out where they're especially if they're most people know where their K K-1, one these K ones are going to be, but there's a lot of there's a lot of challenges to that. Um, so I, I don't know what to say on it. Now, we talked about practices, your, your practice a little bit. What are some practice management hacks that you might be able to give to some of our our loyal listeners as a little bit of uh, advice? What's worked well for you? And
2: I would say my number one piece of advice that mm-hmm. I am living, breathing, and still cultivating, I'd say, is setting expectations and being very clear about them with our mm-hmm. clients, whether it's deadlines, the way you present information, Be very clear and explain that this is my process and this is how I can do my best work for you. So meet my expectations so I can meet yours. Mm -hmm. There's nothing that I think is of greater importance than that. But second to that would be take advantage of technology. Mm -hmm. Learn it just like you learn tax law because this is crucial to the growth and success of your practice or being a part of a larger practice, whatever it is, expanding what you know because it's amazing and it's thrilling and exciting what's Mm -hmm. available and it can be incredibly intimidating Mm -hmm. if you don't learn it and use it to your best ability Mm -hmm. so and and help your clients because there are things available to them and that's when you become the true really well-versed advisor mentor teacher and business coach in a sense in terms of that part of their business, because all of them, they need to understand that need, they need to live it.
1: Mm-hmm. I think setting expectations is huge. And we've been trying to do that in our practice from the begin. like pretty much give everyone an email in January saying our, our turnaround to our, we are shooting for a 10 business day turnaround time on tax prep, which is pretty good. Assuming you fill out your online survey organizer and we have your documents now if someone forgets a mortgage statement mm-hmm. you're still in the queue but there's got to be that triggering point where you're in the queue and this is expectation that, that's when the you know and so we've our challenge has been like someone thinks they're in line but they're not because they just uploaded other docs or didn't do their organizer and our organizers are pretty we use the canopy tax organizer, so they're pretty short they're not they take about 12 minutes that's it um but setting expectations and also Expectations of your availability, because then you know there's some practice management hacks that we have used that you want to be available, but for us we, we have a one business day turnaround time for communications. I think that's very fair and we don't we we stand by that. That's in all of our engagement letters. If you if if that doesn't meet your expectation, I don't know where you're gonna find something better, but then we're just not a good fit, you know. Now if, because that's tough to do. I mean, in, in creating that it's almost like creating the, the the expectations for yourself so that you can say, hey, at this time, if it's Saturday and you're at a, you know, go to the movies that you're not feeling obligated to answer these, these crazy questions, so. We'll
2: see you're at the right place because you're here at Taxposium and we've got some fantastic vendors with all kinds of platforms to help you with office practices <laughs> and, and really figuring out communication uh best practice different platforms that are going to meet different needs mm-hmm. and going back to my coined phrase now right the post-covid culture mm-hmm. and we have to bring that self-care in which comes up with you know separation of church and state mm-hmm. or business and personal life
0: right
1: that's a great point and i love the vendor show i love the, the trade shows if i ever go to when i go to a conference because i we have a list of about eight things that I'm specifically looking for for vendors. Because if you don't come in prepared, you're going to wander around and everything's going to seem better. But you might think, oh, I love the CRM. I'm going to ditch mine. But wait, they didn't have the email automation or they didn't have templates like I had. So you really need to come in with a grocery list and say, this is what I'm looking like for us. We have certain things we're going to be looking for this week for, for new relationships and vendors. So um, all right, last question, but it's fine. Tell us about your ideal weekend. After this conference, you get to do whatever you want.
2: Oh, boy. Okay, I'm flying to Europe, and it could be somewhere I've ever been because there have been some beautiful places, but Mm -hmm. instead, I'm thinking I might go somewhere new. Maybe I go to Dubai, Mm -hmm. and I've got like a luxury suite house Mm -hmm. to enjoy. There's definitely some spa services involved. I'm going to bring loved ones, friends. I'm going to bring a, a nice group of people and there's going to be a lot of food. Mm-hmm. But, you know, I would never choose to be anywhere other than right here at Taxposium. bosie <laughs> <Well,
1: laughs> after, after this, a well-deserved week of, of being an ambassador for NATP. And also, I think it's special that you're not just an ambassador for NATP and the president, but also a practitioner. So you live it and you could relate to all of Foods on the ground. Yes, all of us practitioners. So no, I really appreciate it. This has been a
0: ton of fun. We're done? Well, we, we an- <laughs> oh, no, 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 no. Don't don't give Chris that much leeway. Uh, don't keep going. <laughs> Next thing you know, we'll be talking about cost eggs. We'll we'll get all in the weeds, but is there anything else you wanna add? Like what, what might be a couple suggestions to somebody looking to get into the industry, maybe?
2: Oh gosh. I mean don't scare it. Just at the off. end, no. I, you know, we talked from the very beginning when I got to introduce myself and and describe my path, mm-hmm. which was not the typical path. And what I would love to say to the young adults who are figuring out where they're going is this is an incredibly rewarding profession that you are making your mark on helping your clients. You have a can be a very flexible experience for your own. You know, growing up and developing maybe a family or time with friends or whoever you want to spend time with and making your mark on the world, helping, being that advisor, friend, mentor for so many people. It's an incredibly rewarding career. It takes a lot of wisdom as you acquire your experience and knowledge, and it can only help everybody around you. That's, that's how I see it, very, truly.
0: Very well said. Is the best way we could close out of no, but I'm going to yes. shut up now. Yeah. You can't beat that. I'm sorry, man. Like you got nothing, but on that note, Jamie, thank you so much for joining us. Um, I know we're looking out here out the window, what I believe is downtown San Antonio. I could be completely wrong. It yep. looks like it. Um, but <laughs> honestly, thank you for taking the time that this, this meant a lot to us. Anybody who's listening to this, um, if you look below or off to the, usually on the right side, um, on any of the show notes, we'll put some links in there direct to NATP. If anybody has any questions, I'm sure. I'm sure you guys would be, uh, be a perfect spot for that. So.
1: And if you're traveling du- to Dubai, we're going to put Jamie's LinkedIn. You could take her with you and her family. South
0: <laughs> 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 Awesome. Well, thank you guys for, for doing this podcast with us. And thank you, everybody, for joining us for this, um, another episode in the book. So we love to hear the ideas that you guys have, any topic ideas, any suggestions, any guests that you think may be great for the show. We would love to hear them. So until next time. Hey everyone, John Still here from the MRR team. Wanted to thank Jamie again for joining us on this, taking out so much time of her precious day here. We recorded this, as you may have heard in the show, really just as we were kicking off there in San Antonio at the national conference, so that was Taxposium 2023, we uh, caught her in the hallway we said, hey, let's do a podcast. No, all joking aside, we did have it on the calendar, so it was planned for. Um, But hopefully you guys enjoyed that content, some of the questions we went into, her very unique background, how she got into the industry, and then also really just her discussion and kind of those key points on what, not just NATP does specifically, but really what organizations provide tax professionals in the industry really the importance of their existence and everything that they offer so again thank you everybody for joining in and listening to this hopefully you enjoyed it as much as we did recording it thank you jamie again and of course thank you to my partner in crime my buddy of almost 20 years and one of the smartest gentlemen i've ever met in my life uh chris becuro so thank you chris thank you jamie thank you natp for letting us record this so Hopefully everybody enjoyed it again, and we will see everybody next time. The content of this podcast does not constitute an offer of securities. Offerings can only be made through an offering memorandum, and you should carefully examine the risk factors and other information contained in the memorandum. The content provided is for educational purposes only. We encourage you to seek personalized investment advice from your financial professional. For all tax and legal advice, please consult your CPA or attorney. Investment advisory services are offered through Cabin Advisors, a registered investment advisor. Securities are offered through Cabin Securities, a registered broker-dealer.